Okay, keep going. Now I'm on the podcast. So what's a podcast? Hello and welcome back to What You're Talking, a podcast about Kim's convenience. Joining me today is, again, my wife, Ruby. Hi! And my cousin, Jay. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back! Thank you, thank you. Great to be back here again for another <laughs> episode. And uh, today we're covering the episode Frank and Nyong, and Frank, who is uh, a handyman who helps Mr. Kim... Uh, comes to the store to, well, help with his air conditioner. And Na Young, who is Janet's cousin, comes for a visit at the same time. So, uh, one of the things that they also cover during the episode is some movement on Shan Jung, or Shannon and Jung. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. So, Shannon in, uh, brings up that uh, they won some tickets to go see the Raptors, and she said to Jung, hey, here's some tickets, we met our quarterly, do you want to go? He says, yeah. And then he realizes that he meant, hey, did you want to go with me, your boss? Well, I don't think, like, her intention was, oh, do you want to go on a date? It's because she is the manager of the store, and then they got the ticket, so she's only handing out one other ticket because he's the assistant manager of sorts, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it's been pretty obvious from episode one that there's some interest. True. But I mean, like, if you were the manager of a place and you got handed important tickets or fun tickets to show or to a basketball game or whatever, wouldn't you expect to be going yourself? Uh, guess or no. I, I guess it depends on the management style. But typically, I would assume that a manager would give it to whoever's performing the best or helped push that quarter or that session forward. Hmm. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I found it interesting that yeah, this is the first time that Jung actually realizes that there is something going on with his boss or he he feels that there's something going on and his first reaction is to take a step back, come up with an excuse. Oh, my Oma, she's, she's in the hospital. She's sick. Mm -hmm. But uh, as you know, later on, it, it completely flips around but uh yeah i guess we'll be talking more on that as the episodes go on <laughs> so the next part uh is that appa's having trouble with his air conditioner and then he needs to bring in frank who is played by Derek mcgrath and you may remember him if you grew up in the 80s like us uh, from the show My Secret Identities. That's correct, My Secret Identity. Yeah, it was it was starring Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell, yes. Yeah, I yeah. Remember, and uh, it was all it was shot in Toronto back in the eighties. Right, right. Oh, and wow. you were saying that it was shot in like Etobicoke or like the high schools in Etobicoke, yeah, it was right? One of the high schools in Etobicoke by or actually were um, our grandma, our late late grandma lived. So yeah, yeah. And if I remember that <laughs> correctly, that area wasn't so so nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty rough area. Uh, but basically, uh, Frank is known for being a talker, somebody who <laughs> he loves to ramble on and on. Always has a story, and he always tests Appa's patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, testing his patience is the perfect way of putting it. Actually, I said back in episode one, this is the episode that I introduced my mom to the show because that was a key moment where I said that is definitely my oma 
uh, because she has no patience for people who talk too much. She's like, she stops them and says, okay, get to the point. <laughs> Basically, she wants to cut through all the fluff, get straight to the point. Doesn't want to go through the long, drawn-out story that uh, Frank keeps uh, rambling about he's always has a he always has a story about his uh late wife or whatever he just loves to talk i actually think he likes to hear himself talk right <laughs> can you think of anybody else who's like that in the family or is that just pretty much my mom um i would say my mom as well too and i guess a lot of oh, yeah. our relatives as well too because they're very direct and straight to the point so basically let's say she asks you a question and you give them an answer, and you keep rambling on, all of a sudden you're met with a, okay, that's enough. Please go give me a straight answer. I don't want to hear all the fluff. <laughs> give me a number one answer. <laughs> I don't need a storybook time now. <laughs> yeah, I think that goes back to the, the military, growing up in a military family. <laughs> Just right to the point. Right to the point. Don't waste my time. Don't waste my patience. The the other funny thing I found in this episode was uh, when after Appa's basically chased Frank away, Alma tries to bring Frank back saying, you know, uh, Mrs. Kim says you have something to say. And uh, Appa's just like, okay, can we can we go forward? Oh, we's a cool now. <laughs> <laughs> Which I find funny because it's sort of true. Um, like he doesn't go and straightforward say sorry to Frank. What- I guess in a lot of cases with our upbringing, a lot of Korean families, in many cases are not, they don't, uh, they're not, they don't, they don't want to say th- like, I'm sorry, I was wrong. It's a lot of pride that they have. And mm-hmm. so I'm um, saying I'm sorry, or I was wrong is kind of like a sign of weakness. And yeah. so I guess it goes back to kind of like the military upbringing where it's like, you show not no sign of a weakness. Use always a number one. Use a soldier. Yeah, and uh, I actually just remembering because uh, we did episode one together as well. It, Appa did this again in episode one as well when they're on the stairwell and you know they he was going back up to Janet and uh, Amma was there to say bring Appa to kind of tell him to say sorry and he wasn't ready to say anything. Instead, Janet, she knows because she's grown up with this all her life. She's like, you know what? Here are the keys. Just take this back to the car rental and, you know, we're cool. Yeah, we're good. But, uh, yeah. So last part of it is uh, with Nayang, their cousin from Korea who comes to visit and, well, bring her Koreanness. <laughs> funky little cousin, I call her. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, right off the bat, like the first scene with Oma and Janet, uh, she brings up something about uh, how Nayoung dresses. <laughs> yeah, so basically she was going, oh, she's a, it's a Korean style. It's a different. She's a, how you say, surat? <laughs> and so that kind of triggered some memories of growing up. You know, most Koreans are very conservative and so very hypercritical. And I found, like my case growing up, they'd always be criticizing me about my haircuts, my mm-hmm. style of dress. For example, let's say I cut my hair too short. Oh, what's the matter with you? You look like a starving boy. Why you cut the hair so short? <laughs> starving boy? <laughs> <laughs> or let's say I was working, uh, let's say I was wearing baggy clothing. I'd always be met with such harsh criticism like, Oh, what's the matter with you? You look like a punk. You're a gangster. How do you run around in these kind of a baggy clothing like that? There's a property. So again, goes back to the military upbringing. Yeah, uh, I can definitely say the same. Uh, again, I grew up with 
Korean and Chinese parents, they had different types of criticism to give me. Uh, it was it was interesting, but yeah, probably similar stuff growing oh, for up. For sure, even with certain things, like if I was wearing sunglasses, why you hide the eyes, huh? You should look at me. Why are you trying to hide? You you're not blind. Why you wear sunglasses? <laughs> Just little quirks like that. Just yeah. little hyper hyper criticism quirks like that. Like I think well. it's it's and I was talking to Ruby about this because uh, again, Korean side, I I totally agree. This is something that that I'd hear from my mom and uh, when I was talking to Ruby about her growing up with her mom. Uh, we came up and said, yeah, you know what? Maybe this is more of an Asian thing. Yeah, because, I mean, Asian parents, it's never, oh, you look beautiful or you're doing great. It's, oh, you got an A? Why didn't you get an A plus? It's like your hair is too short when you cut it or your hair is too long when you don't cut it. It's like, so it's like... Or, it's and you're looking right. a little chunky. Yeah, why the chubby you, thing. Why you put on a weight, huh? You yeah. just have to cut back on a ramen noodle. You did too much at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah it's always weight i don't know why when they see you if they haven't seen you for a long time it's like oh you've gained some weight it's like really have oh, i exactly or it's like oh i see you get the a minus in the math a minus is a d <laughs> what happened to the a plus huh yeah so it's like i think it is an asian culture rather than just a korean thing yeah i i think this goes back to like i guess parents trying to raise their kids the way they were raised going back to you know dealing with these criticisms is a way to push them to improve themselves but you know it's got to light that fire under the belly to say hey i'm not fat but you know i can improve myself exactly i could uh, (laughs) cut back on the mcdonald's maybe eat ramen noodles instead (laughs) walk around the block a couple more times but uh, the other thing is though that they grew up in those countries whether they be korea hong kong china or whatever asian countries they may be but versus uh you know we're growing up with all these other different cultures as well and people who may not necessarily been immigrants or families that have been here for multiple generations I remember uh, when that other episode, and I'm jumping ahead to season two, where Amma is talking to Janet, and they're looking th- at the magazine, and she's t- talking to her, and she's like, you is a pretty, but you's not model pretty, or something like that, right? And on Twitter, it blew up a bunch of people, people who are not Asians, saying that, you know, that, that was really kind of off base. Like, why did she say that? It's almost as if, like, nowadays, what we term body shaming. Yeah, exactly. But to us, when we saw that, we're like, <laughs> that, that, that's like home. That's totally it. Like, yeah. like, like that, yeah. that's something new to us. For example, like, going back to how I'd always be criticized for my haircuts, it's like, yeah. oh, why you cut the hair so short? He's ugly. <laughs> you look like a poor boy. Why you do that? <laughs> Or again, back to the style of dress. So why is a peg of clothing? You usually look like a bum. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that that to just sum it up, that that's the way that Asian parents seem to show us love. And tough love, I, I would say. Yeah, we'll tough it. love. So I would say that even if they're not criticizing you, they don't care about you. So once they stop criticizing you, they don't care about you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, one of the other things, again, uh, Kim's Convenience features a lot of Toronto things, and one of the things that they feature is that 
restaurant I go to, Bokchang Sondobu, which is a specialty restaurant that just serves a Sondobu dish, which if you can imagine, it's basically a tofu stew that is flavored usually with beef or shrimp or something. You can also uh, put stuff like uh, dumplings, similar to wontons in it. Yep. And uh, you can actually catch this in multiple parts of the city, but it is a very popular and very well-known restaurant in Toronto. Uh, but one other interesting part about this restaurant and the scene is has something to do with Jay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, funny story about this scene is that I actually heard about Kim's Convenience, the TV show, um, through an audition. So I actually auditioned for... Um, this show for this part where they're in the restaurant i actually auditioned um for the the waiter role so basically the way i found out about the show is that uh, one of our relatives um, sent us a casting call through uh she sent me an email saying that uh um that they're looking for um korean canadian people to play various characters and so um, they're looking for someone just to play a small bit role as the waiter. And so basically, um, email, the scenario was I'm at a Korean restaurant. I'm approaching um, Janet and her cousin. And so um, had a couple lines. The lines were, how's everything? Good? And then Janet replies back trying to speak Korean. And then I reply going, what? And then I talk to Young, And in Korean, I say, oh, the second generation sometimes hard to understand but uh, you know I, I had a difficult time um, saying the saying the translation in Korean so for a week before the audition um, I was talking to my mom and she basically sent me the translation of oh the second generation sometimes hard to understand so a week I kept on going on in my head yeah. thinking to myself I'm gonna kill this uh, <laughs> kill this audition and so I went down to the um, the casting studio which was uh in leslieville okay and so this was may 2016 early may 2016 and so i had to um audition from the casting director and a couple of the uh people that worked on the set and so they had a guy sitting there pretending that he was uh, janet and so the scene is for me to approach janet going up and saying my my yeah simple lines oh how's everything good and then the guy who was playing the Janet role tries to answer back in Korean. And then I go, what? And then I respond back in Korean to uh, Nayong's character yeah. saying, oh, a second generation sometimes is hard to understand. So anyways, when I came up for my audition, I totally froze. I totally bombed the part. <laughs> so I come up to the table to the, uh, the casting director that was playing Janet's role. I go, so I, everything yeah, was yeah. running smooth. So I was like, oh, how's everything? Good? And then Jan, yeah. Jan's character replies back, and then I totally froze, <laughs> totally froze. Oh no! And so we must have done, we must have did a dozen takes. Yeah. But the casting director, she was really cool. She knew I was really nervous, mm. so she tried to calm me down. And she's like, "Okay, well, okay, your next, your next retake, just make something up." Mm. So I totally felt like a. Like a, felt like a snail that wanted to crawl back in his <laughs> in his shell because I just got shy in front of the camera. Oh, it, so. it can't be easy, especially when <laughs> Korean's not like your first language or even your second language, right? For sure. So, anyways, <laughs> my last tick, I come up, and so it was basically, "Oh, how's everything? Good?" And then you know, I get the reply back, and all of a sudden, I just went, 
la 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 hamnida. <laughs> I just wanted to crawl up into a ball and just slither out of there oh, like a no. little snail. I was so embarrassed and so. Um, during that first season when I saw that show, I was just dying laughing my head off at that part <laughs> where the waiter comes up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't imagine it being easy to speak Korean, especially when you have people all around you. I mean, it's, it's one thing to imitate people. Oh, for sure. Imitate people. I do that all the time with the Korean accent, but to speak Korean, oh, I freeze up. <laughs> Again, going back to my background, my dad's family all grew up in the Philippines, went to an American school, so they all spoke English, whereas my mom, she could speak Korean, but to communicate with my dad, it'd always be English. So mm. I didn't really learn fully Korean. Also, going to Korean school, I wasn't focused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that brings up another point. Uh, it kind of relates back to Janet's character, and I guess I can relate as well as to what Jay's saying, is that uh, we grew up here in Canada, so you know, as much as we are Korean and Canadian, uh, we're not the same as somebody who grew up in Korea. But I guess to everybody else, you know, we're, we're, we're visually different. We're Koreans, right? But uh, when she's approached by the waiter who comes and says his lines as she stumbles through her Korean, uh, at least for me, I could definitely relate trying to, you know, be, hey, I'm the Korean here. I, I know, hey, guys, I, I know what I'm talking about. This stuff is good or this is Korean. And I'm trying to show my Koreanness to this guy. And at the same time, it's it's kind of like, okay, well, you also have your actual you know from korea korean here authentic korean <laughs> authentic korean here saying no not really no just you know you're 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 canadian right so it's this funny kind of in between identity that we built over these many years that we're we're it's not like exactly korean we're not exactly it's like can- you're stuck between two worlds like you know mm-hmm. physically other other non-koreans see you as koreans but then authentic quote-unquote authentic Koreans born in Korea see you as being Canadianized. So you're stuck with, like, again, you're a hodgepodge of two different cultures. Exactly, exactly. And it's one of those things that I, I come to realize, especially as I got older in my 20s, going into 30s, that, you know what, I'm just going to start telling people that I'm Canadian. I'm, I grew up here. I, I guess I don't really speak the languages. I know Ruby can speak fluent Cantonese. Uh, but, you know what, I'm Canadian. I'm, I'm not either of any of these things. I'm me. Actually, growing up, I always told people I wasn't Chinese, that I was Canadian, because it, it's probably the same thing that Jay mentioned. It, it's kind of like, oh, people look different at you if, if you admit that you're, you're a different culture, from a different background, from a different culture. So I was always like, no, I'm Canadian. Like, clearly, I was born and raised here. I speak English perfectly, so I don't know what you're talking about. It's my first language. Like, why would you look at me any different? I don't think I've ever really truly embraced my Chinese side. I speak it because I like being able to speak different languages and I like to know when other people are speaking about me. Because <laughs> no one, I guess most of the time, no one imagines that I can speak it so fluently um, as I don't really have an accent when I speak English. At least I don't think so. So, yeah. You have no accent. I can I, I can tell. <laughs> You have a Jiro accent. Jiro. It's good to know. <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny. Um, again, as I, I, I mentioned a couple of times that I grew up 
uh, my dad's Chinese, my mom's Korean, and uh, popping up into you know little Korean events or even a convenience store, I'd walk in, and people would instantly ask me like, "Is you Korean?" And then I would have to say, you know, I'm I'm half Korean. My my, I'm you know I'm Chinese and Korean, and then they would you know instantly go, "Oh, is your mommy or daddy Korean?" And then I would say, well, my mommy's Korean. Oh, then you do the Korean. <laughs> so if your dad's Korean, then you're not Korean? That doesn't make you sense. Yeah, I, I think either way they would they would say that I was Korean. Because oh. when I'd be asked the same question by people in, in, in high school or like kids, you know, Chinese, because I grew up in high school with a bunch of Chinese people. They would all say, or, you know, you're half Korean, half Chinese, so you're you're Korean then. So, <laughs> so the funny thing was I was always Korean by default. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if her mom's Korean or the dad's a Korean. You, 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 you're Korean. You, you're a Korean. <laughs> you, you couldn't say 50%, but you're 100% authentic <laughs> Korean. It's actually funny. Growing up, I've had a lot of people asking me if I was Korean or they just start speaking Korean to me automatically and I never understood why. High cheekbones? No. Might be the monolids. That probably too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, another thing that they cover just very briefly is that Janet comes to this realization when talking to Appa that they're kind of similar because they're both having a similar kind of day where... Uh, they're not really being understood. People aren't really listening, and they're both, I guess, a little bit stubborn. A little bit stubborn. They want, uh, you know, they want everyone to know that they're they want to get straight to the truth. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, thinking about my own family and even uh, your sister and uh, as well, I, it's funny because like my sister is more like my dad, and probably the same with your case exactly my sister is actually more like my dad i know as, as i'm starting to get older i'm starting to be like my dad as well too because my dad's very direct straight to the point yeah super blunt never mind all the fluff kind of like kind of like appa you yeah. know it's like why use it talking too much use it talk too much <laughs> perfectly done <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it brings up a point that uh even though we realize that we are Becoming our parents at a certain point, uh, we still don't want to be, even though we are, I guess in some ways are. But as I grew up even older, uh, I've reached a point where, you know, as much as I am my parents, I accept that. I am I am their kid after all. I grew up, I was raised by them. It's in your DNA. It's in my <laughs> DNA. So, you know, you just ride with it. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they take that, especially with Janet, I think. Yeah, in the later parts of the season and into season two, Janet kind of more runs with it and is more comfortable with it. And uh, yeah, well, we'll talk more about that as the time goes on. And also, like, they kind of show a little bit of why Janet's interest or her talents are in photography. Although Uppa's talent wasn't as great, but it shows that he had a love for it. He just never developed it or had the time because of of how he grew up he needed to make money and raise his family so one other thing that i wanted to go into was jay had a run-in with the cast <laughs> so in terms of the cast um again the cast fabulous cast great very down to earth um actually met uh met um, shannon 
Right. Nicole Power. Nicole Power. So this one was at an event back in April by the producer of Kim's Convenience, Inge Choi. And so he was running some kind of a um, small theater play um, at the Soul Pepper Theater down at the Distillery District. So as we're walking in, I noticed a familiar face. I was like, no way, that can't be her. (laughs) (laughs) She was at least six feet tall, but it ends up being Janet and Nicole Power. Sorry. Really, really down-to-earth girl. And she actually... Even prettier in person too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she is an amazing person. I we met her twice at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, once at the same event that Jay's talking about, and another at a, a, a fan event uh, where Andrew came and did an improv show mm-hmm. at Bad Dog Theater. And yeah, number one, those camera angles are a bit deceiving. Like you'd think that she'd probably be about the height of Jung, but uh, she, she could be in heels during the show that's, that's true. what they show us in show business people are, <laughs> people are actually taller on tv than in real life <laughs> but yeah she and yeah we mentioned this before in a previous episode she is just as amazing if not even more amazing yeah so. she's super sweet she's super friendly it's very casual and it feels like you've known her forever and she just chats with you like you're a close friend of hers so yeah it, it's it was really nice it's to meet her in person and to have that opportunity to talk with her as if she was a friend. So, yeah. Hmm. So there's this like one other funny line uh, that closes off, I guess the Frank and Appa part where he goes, marriage is hard. Being married to Mrs. Kim is the hardest thing I ever do. Very hardest, you know, harder than the store, harder than Korea army training. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and if you don't already know, I mean, in South Korea, one of the things is that they have mandatory army training for one year. That's They're all correct. conscripted for a year to to be a part of the army. That's correct. So once you hit 18, if you're born in Korea, it's a mandatory that you serve in the army for one year. Wow. Yeah, it's funny when, because we watch a lot of like uh, Korean dramas and other Korean variety shows. It'll be funny when they mention that, you know, this scrawny little K-pop star has <laughs> left the scene for a while because he's gone to serve an army train. He's like, what the hell is that guy going to do? It's <laughs> like, he's skinnier than me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's part of the Korean culture that, especially in Korea, that they know that they're going to be going to do this Korea army training. And it's funny that they threw in this little bit into into Kim's convenience saying, marriage is hard, harder than Korea army training. And again, it goes back to the conservative upbringing. Again, the fathers, the father figures always, again, when they're 18, they had to go through the uh, military. And so that's where they got that, that's where they got that military um, mentality. Yes. Oh, study hard, always get the A+. Plus. Dress like a gentleman, walk tall and proud with a pride. And do the push-up. <laughs> For exercise and keeping health and in shape. So thanks again for joining us. And thanks again, especially to Jay for being a part of this episode. Definitely. Thank you, guys. And uh, thank you guys for having me again here. It was a blast. (laughs) So already, if you haven't, uh, remember to push CBC for hashtag KC Season 3. And if you have any other comments, questions, or stories to share, email them to whatyoutalkingpodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at MikeYUAN82. Remember, as always, this show is marketing conspiracy-free, past best before date, 
but still pretty good. Until the next time. Okay, okay see you. you.